This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Press play to start. Welcome to Console Combat, and it's time to hail to the kings, baby. Here are your hosts, John and Dean. Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of Console Combat. This is the video game podcast that will shatter your expectations when it comes to the video game world. We are John and... Hello, I'm John's temporary permanent co-host. I am confused. My brain just had a meltdown. You'll find someone better eventually. Once the AI becomes capable of self-sustenance, I think this will go in that direction. Until then, I, I will rely on you as my very smooth and equally mentally handicapped partner. Yeah, you're stuck with me for now. Yes. All of you are stuck with me. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Thanks, Rorschach, for a great line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you got the reference. <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley representing that role. Phenomenal. Thank you very much. Wrong podcast for talking about movies. Great as Rorschach. Horrible as Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, yep. <laughs> also, not a movie show, not a movie podcast. Anyways, so before we drop into the drop zone as we normally do, we asked a question last week. And we're going to try to jump these at the beginning of the episodes now. Last week, we asked what's a 63 and a third was for Cleofighter 63 and a third. And only one person responded, and they were right. Michael Myers, a carryover fan from the Mad Trivia podcast. Thank you very much for listening and checking us out. He did get the correct answer. It was, in fact, a play on the fact that every Nintendo 64 game pretty much put 64 at the end of their game titles. Uh, and Clayfighter was like, nah, we like Naked Gun much better than Nintendo. <laughs> Interplay played the game. I think they won, and it was fun. I think that a lot of people didn't know about the Clay Fighter games, but overall, that game changed fighting games in a way. And I had a lot of fun with playing it. I think Dean had a lot of fun trying to sumo or out sumo, rather sumo Santa last week. Yeah. Yes. But we also asked about clips, and nobody submitted anything. We're still new. We're still getting off the ground. People, people will eventually jump down that that rabbit hole with us. However. Because of the fact that no one submitted one, I had seen a clip earlier this week, and of course I shared it with Dean, and it's just hilarious. It's There's a, a female streamer, the, the post came from the not very good Instagram profile, and the clip, obviously we don't have a visual medium, so I'll have to share this clip later on the channel, but or on the, on the social media. But this particular clip had both of us just laughing hysterically and i definitely had to show this to so many different people because even if you're not a gamer just to hear somebody roast a child and his father so aggressively it felt my lineage suffered damage from it <laughs> and i had no part of it but i'm gonna play the clip really quick here we're gonna listen to it live take it away not very good what the fuck is going on in the background what's going on a kid is yelling on the mic my man, do us all a favor and mute your mic. Game pay 90 bucks to listen to your fucking weak pull-out game. What? What did he say? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care what, what anyone has to say about any kind of roasting. If you were to tell a person, my man... Can you please mute your mic so we can enjoy this $90 game because we don't want to hear your accident 
or mistake. God damn. That shit's harsh. Yeah. And uh, typical for a COD lobby, honestly. Yes, it was a Call of Duty lobby. <laughs> it's, it's very on brand. Very on brand. So that's the stuff we like. It doesn't necessarily have to be clips that you made of excellent gaming clips. We like funny stuff. We are very funny oriented. And I'm funny looking. Me too. That's why you guys won't see us very much because of how funny looking we are. But uh, we can only do so much for you. Okay. With our trivia question answer and our clip of the week out of the way, look forward to another question for next week's trivia and hopefully a call to arms for more clips to show up. Until then, let's load on into our little airplane and hop on into the drop zone. Did I bring my parachute? Nope. Now entering the drop zone. All right. So as we mentioned last week, there is no games coming out really relevant to anything that we'd cover uh, over the next uh, 30 or so days, maybe more like 20 now. So once again, Dean's picking up the slack on other stuff going on, and we'll chat about that now. So a few things going on in the gaming news. One thing that I had uh, not noticed, it, it didn't come up in my news sphere until a little bit late. But there was a gaming YouTuber who passed away a couple weeks ago. And you may have seen some of his videos. It was Paul from Mitten Squad. Mitten Squad would basically do videos of various Bethesda games, Fallout, Skyrim, things like that. And basically he would handicap himself, be like, can you beat Fallout 3 without being an adult? So just he would do console commands and make himself as a baby in the beginning of the game and then complete the main story. Hmm. or with random weapons and stuff like that, just handicapping himself the entire time. And it was always really intriguing to watch, and a lot of work had to be put into it, because if you've played a Bethesda game like Fallout or Skyrim, it takes a while to go from beginning game to end game. And so he was doing constant replays of all these games over oh. and over. And it was always very amusing to watch, just like his commentary over it and stuff. But unfortunately, he has passed away. He did have issues with alcoholism that he was very open about. Really bad issues with alcoholism, where mm. he was drinking like almost two liters of rum a day and not getting Ooh. blackout drunk. Yeah. Good God. So it wasn't confirmed that the alcoholism was cause of death, but it's probably what it is, sadly. Yeah. He was trying to better himself about it. There was a lot of community tweets that he would post about it, talking about his progress. But yeah, he, I did watch his videos a decent, I probably watched most of his videos about that. At least the ones that I thought were funny. Can you beat Fallout 3 without talking to anyone? Which is impossible, obviously, but he would do his best. And he would even, one of the best things about his videos was he'd be like, yeah, I did a thing that's against the challenge. If you think that's the case, there's a dislike button with your name on it. <laughs> Just click the dislike button. <laughs> But yeah, he was definitely a fun YouTuber to watch just because of his content. His videos are still up. Obviously, there's not going to be any new ones. So if you want to check out his stuff, his YouTube channel is Mitten Squad. That's the one with the profile picture of the Mitten, Michigan, the state of Michigan, because it looks like a Mitten. Strong muscle arms on it. And we'll link that in the description as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's sad to see him go. It's always sad when you hear... Internet personalities pass away. That's the generation that we're in now where internet personalities have more presence than the bigger you know, television and film actors. But this leads me to say, if you or someone you know are struggling with addiction, please get help for them or get help yourself. It, there is only one time where it's too late and it's when it's too late. It's never too late until it's 
too late. If you struggle or if someone you care about struggles, even if it hurts, they need help or you need help. And we're not saying that maliciously. We're saying that because truthfully, most people know someone who struggled with addiction or alcoholism in some form. And it's hard. It's very hard. Yes. Uh, it's hard for the people that watch it. Maybe, if not a little bit harder than the people who struggle with it, because just as helpless as any addict or alcoholic might feel, the people who care deeply about them also feel helpless. Yeah, it affects families and friends as well. If you are in the U.S., the addiction hunt for uh, Sam HSA is 1-800-662-4357. If you feel you need to make that phone call, uh, please do. And as two guys who probably both have, or at least I know I have, at least some form of mental health issues, stop letting it be a stigma. If you struggle in any capacity, even if it's just with mental health, don't be afraid to get help, man. Especially men, it is 2023. If you struggle, you don't have to. We're not even sponsored by BetterHelp, and I could suggest BetterHelp. Talk space. There's so many good places you can call that are just not going to judge you for having an issue that you need to talk about. Don't hesitate. There's, there is no issue. It's the new year now. Start it fresh Look, if you're struggling. There's nothing manly about keeping any kind of mental health issues within yourself. No. If anything, you're doing more damage to yourself and those around you by keeping them inside and not seeking proper help. Yes. Like, I've struggled with issues before. I know John has. And if you need even something as simple as taking some mental health days off work, mm -hmm. no one's going to judge you for it. That's one thing that we definitely, and I know we're going off on a big tangent here, but it's one thing that we need to, as men, break the stigma of, oh, you're getting mental help or whatever, you're weak. No, stop it. You're stronger that, for not, getting that help. Yes, and the, it's the people who are telling you that you're weak for doing it are the people that you probably shouldn't have in your life anymore. And they probably need the most help. Yes, they probably need it just as much as you do, and that's why they're putting out that negativity on you because they're trying to hide from themselves yes the biggest bullies hold in the deepest darkest secrets yeah it's always the biggest trope in games and, and shows and stuff yeah the bully always has like the whole stereotype of the big jock bully and the reason he's like that is because his dad's an asshole or whatever dad's an alcoholic yeah that's, uh, that's the trope but now that tangent has led us back to video games somehow what else you got in the news we got a big one. The full source code for GTA 5 has been publicly leaked. This brings in a lot of opportunities for the modding community, things like that. And of course, Rockstar's lawyers are probably shitting themselves and probably Rockstar execs as well. This, yeah, it opens a lot of avenues for custom game ports or custom content using the game engine in whatever way you want. We already have 5M, but obviously that's now owned by Rockstar anyway. But like one of the top comments I was reading on one of the on the posts talking about this on Lemmy was GTA 5 NES port, here we come. So imagine playing GTA 5 on your Nintendo. <laughs> it did, the Nintendo would literally just burst into fucking flames. If they have the source code for the engine, they could basically make the engine work in a lower capacity. Like, they've ported games to NES and SNES, and I think even... There was one game that I saw got ported to N60... Oh, it was Portal. Portal got ported to N64, and it ran fine. It ran at like 30 or 60 frames. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because it's Valve. It's with the source engine. Even then, you could 
with that existing engine, you could probably get other games from Valve working on N64. And <laughs> it's not the most powerful console, but they have Portal working on it in its entirety. Mm. So that leads to avenues of where you could potentially get games like GTA 5 working on N64 or NES or as long as you know what you're doing and have access to the source code. Good God, I would love to see what GTA 5 on an NES would look like. It'll probably look more like the original GTA where it was the top down. Yeah, no, that's what I imagine. But Jesus, that was still PlayStation. Devolve that 10 years. Jesus Christ. All right. Now that's... uh... Hooray! The biggest benefit would be if somebody were to create a version of GTA 5 where it just was completely disconnected from Rockstar servers. For those who have bad internet connections or have really low-end systems who wanted to play the game, but because of all the overhead and bloat that's well known to be within the game, it could be cut out Uh and you just play the game and it runs smoother. Yeah, that's always based on the modder. Yes. Let's see. What else we got here? Where was that? Oh, there are rumors that there may be a God of War trilogy remaster coming soon, which would be nice to see. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, actually, especially with the rise of modern God of War games like the PS4 one, the new one Ragnarok. It does make sense that it would be remastered. As long as we can get it on PC and start using mods so we can make Kratos into <laughs> Crota. There was that mod as soon as it came to PC, the the first God of War. People were replacing the character model of Kratos with Yoda. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me too. Sean Kelly, for those of you who know the name Sean Kelly on Instagram, he's a pretty solid voice actor and he released some clips of him voicing Rick and Morty and Peter Griffin on some mods for mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 1. Hey, Lois, I'm in Mortal Kombat, Lois. <laughs> the funny thing was, it was Rick versus Peter, and oh, no. Peter was like, hey, look, it's that guy from Fortnite. And Rick goes, oh, no. you're in Fortnite too, you... Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, and it, it was it was really funny. I think I think Sean Kelly, if he hasn't already been cast as the replacement for Rick and Morty in uh, Rick and Morty, what the hell are you waiting for, guys? Come on. Agreed. So the last one we'll probably cover here is Steam came out with their best of 2023. This is, you know, top sellers, best releases, most played based on Steam analytics. So I'm going to go with the top sellers for the year. Under the platinum category, we have, and this is in no particular order, Lost Ark, PUBG, Sons of the Forest, which I do want to play, Hogwarts Legacy, Baldur's Gate 3, obviously. Dota 2, Destiny 2, Counter-Strike 2, Apex Legends, Call of Duty, I'm assuming it's Modern Warfare 3, but because of the way Activision decided to just rebrand COD Modern Warfare 2 as Call of Duty, and it's just like a hub, it's probably MW3. Yeah. Starfield and Cyberpunk 2077. Under the gold category, we have Dead by Daylight, Warframe, Elden Ring, FIFA 23, stop it. No. Naraka Blade Point, new one for me. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, that's that's a big one. F4, GTA 5, Rainbow Six Siege, Resident Evil 4, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, and War Thunder Air Superiority. And under the silver category, we have Ark Survival Ascended, The Dead Space Remake, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, 
Final Fantasy 14 Online, City Skylines 2, Project Zomboid, Elder Scrolls Online, Sims 4, Total Warhammer 3, Street Fighter 6, Sea of Thieves 2023 Edition, New World, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, Euro Truck Simulator 2, NBA 2K23, Stellaris, Party Animals, Team Fortress 2. Is this all seriously the same fucking category? Black Desert, Forza Horizon 5, Civilization 6, Rust, Battlebit Remastered, Fun Game, Lethal Company, and Remnant 2. And I won't go further down into the bronze or anything because that's too long of a list. But those are the top three platinum, gold, and silver for the best of top sellers for Steam 2023. That's a lot of microtransactions. That's a lot of microtransactions. I wasn't going to bring this up in the news thing because I thought it was going to be too much, but on the topic of microtransactions, China has announced new laws to limit microtransactions, which affects major corporations like Tencent. And if you know who Tencent is under, it's they have ties to many games, mostly mobile. If that's the case, yeah, COD Mobile, that's another big one. These laws will ban rewards for spending money within a game for the first time, ban rewards for buying consecutive microtransactions, and ban rewards for daily logins. It's the beginning of hopefully the end of this microtransaction bullshit. I hate seeing it. I hate the whole battle pass thing where it's like you have to keep putting money into a game you already paid 70 fucking dollars for Call of Duty. Hopefully this is the start. It's surprising that China is the first country doing this when that's where most of the money goes is <laughs> because most of these games are owned in part by Tencent. So hopefully. they have so much of a surplus of money now they got to stop making it. <laughs> Apparently, either that or it's just some way of... I, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is behind it, really. I only read headlines. It's making it seem like the Chinese government is worried about the popularity of such practices and is just trying to keep it from getting out of control. Which, extremely rare Chinese government W? Also, maybe too late? Oh, way too late. They're very slow to the table with good laws like that. But, like I said, I just hope it's a beginning of an end but of course they're just gonna find some other way to monetize it as it is with any <laughs> place that just wants money as soon as legislation started coming up uh, discussing loot boxes and trying to regulate those they went okay we're gonna lose the loot boxes we'll go to the battle pass system of course it, man, but that's just in console gaming and pc gaming we're not i don't even want to talk about the monstrosity of mobile games <laughs> yeah that should just be kept to games like candy crush leave it otherwise alone there's so many of them there there's really so is many. the store is full of them but all right Although, uh, i will say the only fun mobile game i have played is cod mobile and that is because it is easily emulated on pc and when you're playing on PC against players that are using their phones, it is basically slaughter. <laughs> oh man, I have so many, so many videos. It's insane. It's playing Call of Duty on easy. <laughs> All right, I guess that uh, that brings us to the end of the news. Stay tuned later on for, like I said, our trivia question. But now it is time for us to choose our characters. Okay, guys, it's time to choose your characters. 
This almost got mulliganed up until the last minute, everybody. But we are going to stick with the original duel that we had planned on uh, as of last week, and that is me running Revolver Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and you're a big MGS simp. So what? I'll, the facts. I'll own it. I'll own it. Okay. Metal Gear is fantastic. And uh, we can only, of course, bring one person against revolver ocelot for this fight and that was the jokester the the joker man himself uh, the not the one that shot robert de niro but uh, the one from arkham asylum yes yes Batman's uh, arch nemesis and the only person that could have done a better job of voicing him would have been mark hamill and unfortunately he's out of the role yeah i tried uh, contacting him uh, but then i forgot to do it so I tried, but then I forgot. That's there's there's things wrong with that sentence, but <laughs> you'll live. Yes, or or maybe I won't. Uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun fight between two psychotic uh, main antagonists for uh, their series protagonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, they're both wacko nut jobs with uh, severe vendettas. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true too. It's time to enter the code for debug mode. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. We last week didn't have our standard way of backgrounds, abilities, and whatnot. I'm going to let you do the Joker first. The jokester? The joker. The laughing man? The funny man. Okay. And no, I'm not going to try and attempt to do Mark Hamill's Joker voice. There's no way I can do that. Same. No no one does it as well as Mark Hamill. He's a fucking legend when it absolutely. comes to voice acting. He absolutely is. There is no question about it. All right. The Joker, the iconic supervillain in the Batman Arkham video game series, is portrayed as a deeply chaotic and homicidal character with a penchant for anarchy. His white skin, green hair, and blood-red lips are emblematic of his deranged persona, often accentuated by his choice to wear purple clothing while the Joker, while shrouded in mystery, is consistently linked to a tragic fall into a vat of chemicals at Ace Chemicals which disfigures him and drove him to madness. In the Arkham series, the Joker's history is peppered with various possible origin stories. He once told Dr. Harleen Quinzel and Professor Hugo Strange that he had failed. He was a failed stand-up comedian who turned to crime to support his family, only to lose them tragically before becoming the Joker. However, these tales are unreliable, as the Joker himself admits to fabricating his past, suggesting that if one must have an origin story, it might as well be multiple choice. The Joker's powers do not stem from any supernatural abilities, but rather his extraordinary capacity for violence and destruction. He prides himself on being a criminal mastermind without equal in Batman's rogues gallery. His intelligence, ruthlessness, and ambition are undiminished by pos his possible insanity, which allows him to concoct various toxins and gases using his expertise in chemistry. As for weaponry, the Joker is known for using a variety of conventional weapons with a sadistic twist. One of the most iconic weapons is a crowbar, which he infamously used against Jason Todd, the second Robin. He has also wielded hammers, dual semi-automatic pistols, and a Thompson submachine gun. In some instances, 
he carried a customized Smith & Wesson Model 15-3 revolver with a telescopic 21-inch barrel capable of firing explosive bullets or deploying a harmless bang flag. <laughs> In the Arkham games, the Joker's actions are as unpredictable as they are deadly. He has been known to murder, torture, and experiment on his henchmen, sometimes targeting their families for no reason other than his own amusement. His ultimate goal often involves pushing Batman to break his moral code, attempting to prove that everyone is just one bad day away from insanity. The Joker's presence is felt throughout the Arkham series, serving as the main antagonist in Batman Arkham Asylum and the secondary antagonist in Batman Arkham City. His influence extends beyond his life, as seen as Arkham Knight, where Batman grapples with the effects of the Joker's infected blood which threatens to transform him and other copies into the Clown Prince of Crime. Spoilers for the Batman series, mm -hmm. Arkham series. In summary, the Joker is the Joker in the Batman Arkham series is a masterful depiction of a villain who embodies pure chaos and evil. His complex history, lack of superpowers, and reliance on a wide array of weapons make him a formidable and unforgettable adversary to Batman. He just wants Batman to kill. That's it. He just wants him to kill. Yeah. He wants him to be on his level. Yes. And Bring everyone down to shit, essentially. And Ocelot probably would agree, or at least in some capacity. But uh, not this time. No, I don't think, I don't think Ocelot's going to be in agreement with this time at all. Speaking of Ocelot, let me tell you all about Revolver Ocelot. Revolver Ocelot, born Adamaska, or simply Adam, is a complex character woven into the intricate tapestry of the Metal Gear Solid video game series. His multifaceted persona is that of a Russian-American operative who has been involved with various factions, including Foxhound and the shadowy group known as the Patriots. Ocelot's life is marked by his exceptional skills in interrogation and gunfighting, earning him the moniker of Ricochet Genius due to his remarkable proficiency with firearms. Ocelot's early years are shrouded in the legacy of his parents, the Sorrow, a spirit medium, and the Boss, a legendary soldier. He was born on June 6, 1944, during the chaos of the Allied invasion of Normandy, which hints at the tumultuous life he would lead. His affinity for spaghetti westerns is reflected in his attire and choice of weaponry, often seen wearing a duster, spurs, and gun belts, reminiscent of gunslingers from these films. His appearance and character were inspired by actor Lee Van Cleef, known for his roles in his Western movies. Throughout the series, Ocelot's history is revealed to be deeply intertwined with the central characters, particularly those codenamed Snake. He viewed Big Boss, aka Naked Snake, as a rival and mentor, developing a relationship akin to that of a father and son by the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. Ocelot served as the right-hand man for Liquid Snake and Solidus Snake, acted as one of Venom Snake's top advisors, and stood as a nemesis to Solid Snake. His powers and abilities are extensive, showing exceptional intelligence, masterful manipulation, and being a master liar. As a gunslinger, he is unparalleled, wielding the Colt's single-action army revolver, which he famously referred to as the greatest handgun ever made. This weapon became his signature throughout his appearances in the series up until the end of Metal Gear Solid 1. In terms of abilities, Ocelot can control soldiers implanted with the nanomachines using the Sons of the Patriots system, later named the Guns of the Patriots system. This control extended to shutting off pain and emotion-suppressing nanomachines, causing chaos among enemy ranks. 
Ocelot's goals were as enigmatic as his loyalties, involving the theft of the Philosopher's legacy, the resurrection of Big Boss, and the destruction of the Patriots. Despite his antagonistic actions, such as torture and murder, it is revealed that he was not entirely malevolent and had been working towards objectives that aligned with Snake's interests. In Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, Ocelot takes a less antagonistic role, serving as a codec contact and providing balance to the story. His character evolves across the series, each time appearing with a different role and appearance, similar to Sid from the Final Fantasy series. By the end of Metal Gear Solid 1, Ocelot's history as a former member of the Soviet Union's Spetsnaz and his secret wish for liquids in Big Boss's dream world are revealed. He is the sole surviving member of Foxhound by the game's conclusion, having engaged in a lifetime of combat and espionage. Revolver Ocelot's character is a testament to the rich storytelling of the Metal Gear Solid series, embodying themes of loyalty, rivalry, and the pursuit of power. His legacy within the series is cemented by the intricate relationships with key characters and his undeniable impact on the overarching narrative. And that is Revolver Ocelot. Sounds like a bitch. Oh, big words from a laughing man who fell into a vat of fucking acid to turn into a funny guy. It took him falling into acid for his stand-up career to get started because he is a joke. No, he's the joker. Joker. Okay, uh, I went first with my character's backgrounds and abilities. Gentlemen, now it's select the stage. All right, Dean, set the stage for us. Okay. We're oh. using Joker from Arkham Asylum. Yep. So let's assume that it's during the Joker's takeover and Batman, for some reason, never showed up. And... Our interdimensional arbiter, who is still nameless and unknown, has decided that Revolver Ocelot is the one who should show up and stop the Joker. Oh, interesting choice, dimensional arbiter. I think it's a good premise, just within Arkham Asylum. I'm trying to think of where in... Probably just one of the large rooms within the asylum. I, I, I can't remember the names of all, all the areas off the top of my head. It's been a while since I played it. But one of the larger arenas within there. Let, let, let's say the uh, let's say the cafeteria within Arkham. A cafeteria in Arkham Asylum. What a, what a, what a place for Revolver Ocelot and Joker to just stumble across each other. Players, okay. enter the battlefield. This is the battle speculation. The speculation has no impact on my results. However, for the purposes of allowing this to be visualized by our listening audience, the hosts will announce how one of the 1,000 simulated fights might pan out. The weapons that spawn throughout the fight, as well as the environment in which they are present, are not factored into the simulations, but it further adds to the image we hope to present. The Joker is already there. The Arbiter spits Ocelot into... Arkham. And for visual representation, y'all, this is Revolver Ocelot as he was prior to his hand getting cut off in Metal Gear Solid 1. For perspective. That means nothing to you, but he's older, wiser, seasoned, and extraordinarily capable. Does he have some like, cumin on him or something? Or it's, uh, it's, just, it's salt and pepper. His hair is extremely gray. Oh, okay. Basic ass seasonings. <laughs> okay, so what is Revolver Ocelot bringing with him? That's something we still need to cover. Yeah. Ocelot will have his cult single action army. He is 
absolutely a fan of reloading during a fight. So he's going to have plenty of bullets on him. And I think, yeah, I think really his gun, his bullets, and his brain are all that he's going to have on him. All right, so the Joker, with his famous arsenal of gizmos and gadgets, he's going to have his revolver as well, his Smith & Wesson one, but not the one with the flag that says bang on it, the one that actually shoots explosive rounds. Um, Uh He's going to have a, we'll go with just one knife in his pocket. Because I, I know that the Dark Knight, they're like, yeah, there's nothing in his pockets except knives and pocket lint. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's just going to have one knife. Um, yeah. He's going to have his buzzer. It's his little handshake gag buzzer, except it actually gives an electric shock. Yeah. And he will have, we'll say, two canisters of his Smilex poison gas. Okay for context, the Smilex is his uh, happy gas, or the Joker toxin, uh, which is a nerve toxin that attacks the nervous system of its victims, causing slow, painful death. When inhaled, it induces fits of laughter, stretches the victim's face into a Joker-like grin shortly before they die. So he will have a couple vials of that. Whether they come into play, we'll see. But Joker always has a bunch of tricks up his sleeve and gadgets in his pockets. Yeah, that's very true. As uh, you know, just to reference the Dark Knight again, when he goes and confronts the, the gangsters, and he, ah ah ah, I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. blow things out of proportion. So yes, the Joker is definitely a mad hatter of many different things. And uh, Dean, who goes first here? I really, I want to say it would be Ocelot because it feels like he would think, oh, that's an enemy, got to shoot at him. I think if anything, Joker. Wouldn't make a move first, but would start a dialogue first. I can see um, that. Like he would come in and be like, "You're not my bat. Who are you? You think you're here to try and stop me from taking over Arkham? Something like that." And there'd be like a at least a short dialogue between the two, just mostly because the Joker would be confused and intrigued at this new person coming in, especially like probably seeing him teleport in. <laughs> First of all, he's wondering, like, how did you... Yeah, I uh, I think that he would probably see him walking through the, the portal or what have you, and Ocelot would be looking around knowing that he's got a mission of some kind because it's... Why else would he be sent this place randomly? So as he's walking out of the portal, he's going to have his single-action army in his hand, and he's just going to be... Click. I don't know who your bat is, but I'm ready to take you out myself. And with that, he would immediately start shooting directly at the Joker. Just pop, 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 pop. The Joker is no stranger to being shot at. Usually so, with batarangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He usually tries to catch them or deflect them, but bullets are faster than batarangs. So he's probably going to knock over, because again, we're in a cafeteria. He's going to knock over one of the tables and get behind it and use it as cover. And obviously, he's a revolver ocelot, meaning that it's a revolver and it holds, what, six shots? Six shots. He's going to need to reload. So Joker is just going to wait. And then when he hears the firing stops, he's going to pull out his own revolver and return fire. And he's going to shoot, we'll say three shots at revolver. Okay. There's the revolver shots, three shots at revolvers. Yes. Three okay. revolver shots at revolver. <clears throat> yes. Okay. All right, so 
the Joker has hidden behind a table. The table's got a couple bullet holes in it now. Somehow he missed. He, he was moving around or whatever. Ocelot is not stupid enough to reload in the open. So he ducked behind a pillar. Joker's shots were definitely going to come close, for sure. They were pinging the shoulder area. They didn't hit him, though. Maybe clipped his jacket. Remember, they're explosive around. Oh. Okay, well, bullets are still flying near him. They weren't hitting <laughs> him. So they're probably going to go past the pillar, hit him and hit in front of him. Ocelot is not intimidated by a boom in Metal Gear Solid 1, just as a little premise here. When he loses his hand, he is fighting with Solid Snake in a very tight space with wires strung up to basically, if anything happens to any of those wires whatsoever, a mound of C4 goes off. That C4 goes off. All it does is knock Ocelot back. What do you think your little explosive bolts are going to do to a person who gets knocked back by C4? Nothing. Nothing. They're going to... Ooh, pretty lights. If one of those bullets embeds itself into his brain, it's going to explode it. Good luck getting through the pillar. These are not standard friggin... You're not hitting him in the head through through a pillar. <laughs> Even if it is I'm an explosive thing right bullet. now. I'm yeah, saying... No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right now, no. But yes, you, you, you got a couple of shots off in front of him. For sure, the explosion is in his face. So he's at least hit with shrapnel from the pillar. Yeah, it probably, you know, one of the, his his jacket's shredded. He's got a long trench coat that got shredded up for sure. He might got a couple of slices on him. But again, Revolver Ocelot, he's seasoned. He's a veteran. He can take his licks and then give them right back. Oh, so it's explosions you want, he says. And he waits for the Joker to start shooting again. Because the Joker didn't run out of bullets with three. He waits, thinking maybe the Joker will react. And of course, because he knew that he stopped shooting and the Joker reacted almost instantly, he takes one shot. Just one. And for some reason, the Joker doesn't think to wait for the other five. And immediately after about a three-second wait, starts shooting back. And once one of those bullets flies, he hears the click. Ocelot shoots that bullet right out of the sky, directly in the path. Boom, right in between them. Okay. So Joker's he's going to go, ah, you're a bit more formidable and about as smart as my bat, huh? Uh, so the Joker is going to then realize that direct fire is no longer viable. Uh, his reflexes are apparently too quick. He's going to look up at the ceiling and shoot two of the sprinkler heads for the fire suppression system. Oh! And start causing water to just start pouring in between the two of them. And he's going to wait until the puddle reaches down where Revolver is, and he's going to use his buzzer and just electrocute the water. Okay. Electrocute Ocelot. Okay, so he's, he's in for a real shock. Okay, I gotcha. Okay. Unfortunate for you, once again, Revolver Ocelot is not a stupid person. He's a military veteran. He's been seasoned in army training for years and years. You think his boots aren't made of rubber on the bottom? You think that those rubber soles are not going to just absorb that electric shock? It's going to cause him a little bit of a shake. It will shock him a little bit more. It will make him a little bit jittery. It's going to give him a shake. But again, he can take it. All right, so after his little bit of a shocking experience... Ocelot's taken back a little bit. He He's going to hide himself again because he didn't expect the electrical shock on the ground. However, 
what the Joker doesn't expect is the fact that those bullets inside of Ocelot's gun, he knows how to ricochet them. And this is a cafeteria inside of a prison. What's going to be all over those ceilings? Mirrors. And he can ricochet off of anything, including concrete, which the walls at Arkham Asylum are probably made of. Or stone, yeah. Yeah, or even if it's metal. It doesn't matter. He can ricochet off of anything solid. And he will. He's going to use the mirrors to see the Joker sitting behind that table still, just big shitting grit on his face, reloading his gun again, I'm sure, trying to contemplate his next move. Not expecting... Bang! 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 He waits for the last two. So those first four shots, somehow with the power of his ability to ricochet... Two on his left, two on his right, right next to the Joker. He hops up, starts to jump forward. Bang! One in front of him, and then as he falls backwards, bang! One right where he lands. I'm going to say it hits him in the shoulder. Okay. This is obviously going to hurt. Joker's not, he's not a superhuman or anything. He's just whack job, and it's going to hurt like a son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a blue light appears next to the Joker, very well hidden by the pillars, so Ocelot doesn't see this form. A sword lands next to the Joker, and it's the Master Sword. Oh, shit. Okay. So Joker is going to grab that Master Sword, and knowing that he's still out in the open, Joker is going to leap back from his uh, position behind the table. He's going to get up and use, because the table's not a big table. It's like one of those, like your average dining room table where it's like the four chair kind. So it's like what, three foot by three foot? Yeah. Pick it up by the base and use it as like a shield. (laughs) And he's gonna rush towards Ocelot. And he's gonna get up towards the pillar around it. And then he's just gonna take the master sword and where he thinks revolver still is, behind the pillar he's just gonna take a slice right where he believes he is okay so what joker doesn't understand is how those bullets landed where they landed to begin with without seeing where he was at he can see that there's mirrors but he doesn't know how the ricochet thing worked he's obviously completely unfamiliar with such a dynamic so where he slices at there is no ocelot there is Not even a a shade of Ocelot's bullets. It's like the bullets never got used there. It's like he never shot from there. It's almost like he was never there to begin with. Hmm. And then from around the pillar that he just swung at, Ocelot sneaks up behind him and just disarms him because he's a master of close quarters combat. So immediately just knocks him over to the ground. And he kicks the sword away. He breaks the table because the table's just wood. And he just picks the Joker up by his by his collar, and he just starts yelling at him and saying, who do you think you are? I am the master of the revolver. And he puts the gun under his chin, and somehow it misfires. Joker gets lucky right now. So instead, well, he pistol whips the Joker. So you put Joker in a good spot because he is now being held by the collar by Ocelot. And of course because he gets hit in the head all the time by Batman. Pistol whipping doesn't really do much. Anyone who's seen The Dark Knight knows. Yes. While he's blabbering on and hitting the Joker, he just pulls out one of his Joker gas canisters, primes it, 
puts the canister in Ocelot's mouth, but hooks the pin on a string connected to, we'll say, his vest. So if he were to remove it at all, it would activate the, the pin and immediately release the gas. And so he goes, this is how you want to play. If you really want to live, don't take this out of your mouth. Okay. All right. And then I'm sure he just walks away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ocelot's going to find himself in a bit of a predicament because he doesn't exactly have the know-how to disarm a bomb or a grenade or anything. So if it, if he takes it out of his mouth, so he can't move. No, he, he can't. He has to basically... If, he if has he to not head, move. Yeah, if he moves his head at all, it'll release that... Uh, okay. Brand. All right. Ocelot's going to sheathe his gun. Now he's got both of his hands. There's no question whatsoever that a man who can ricochet bullets to precision doesn't have a steady hand. With both of his hands, he is going to very expertly touch both sides of the grenade from his mouth and pull his head backwards and then take a deep breath and then throw the grenade. Aha. However, the Joker was smart. He left another one at his remember At his feet. But what did you do to his feet? Nothing. He just he was Did he throw it and didn't it just <laughs> it didn't go off? No, he wrapped the another string oh, around oh. his leg. Well you didn't say that. Surprise. <laughs> the Joker is full of surprises. I, I will I will say that you can have him had expected something like this and throw the grenade after the fact. I'll say yeah, that that Yeah. Either way. And of course Ocelot's gonna not be expecting that, so he's gonna have to take a quick dive, but he had his breath held all the same. He delve out of the way, narrowly avoiding this toxin. And with his but dive... No. The Go entire ahead. area, though, is a hazard because there is the gas lingering from yes. two grenades yes. within the yes. entire cafeteria. Yes. So after that, his combat experience is gonna incite him to rip off part of one of his sleeves, soak it in water, and then wrap it around his face to at least prevent it from easily accessing his mouth and nose. It's going to make him, yes, not really. It's more like a, a water filtration system. It'll suffice him long enough to get away from the immediate issue, and then he can pull it down. But he is away from that, and Joker is on the other side of it. But he's not away from the danger, because once again, those mirrors are still there. He didn't break any of the mirrors and that little mini toxic gas explosion. Ocelot's pissed now, and he's going to see the Joker on the mirrors above his head. And he's going to see two pillars in front of the Joker where the Joker's just walking, smiling, because he thinks he's still going to get away scot-free. He doesn't understand the power of the ricochet. And boom, 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 all six shots. And he's going for Joker's feet. He's going for the legs. He's going to make it so he cannot continue to walk away. I think from there, uh, Joker is now shot in the foot, and he's on the ground. And he's not, like, flat out, but he's... <laughs> you know that scene from Family Guy where Peter falls and hits his knee and he's like, ah, over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, in yeah. like that kind of sitting position. <laughs> and he can see where Ocelot is. And he just pulls out his own pistol and just fires a couple shots at him. Okay. Are these the explosive shots still? Yes. Okay. Because Ocelot's in the open at this point. Yes, he is. And I, I'm going to say that one of those bullets definitely, at least one of them hits right in front of him, and it is going to send him flying back for sure. Uh, there's no way he was expecting the Joker to be able to shoot fa shoot so fast after 
for sure hitting him at least once. Yeah. So he is caught off guard by the explosive bullet that lands in front of him and it is going to knock him back. And that, that is just, that is it for Ocelot. Now he's done. He is thoroughly pissed off and he needs to take his quarry out. So as, of course, he likes to reload. This has been really fun, funny man. But time for game over. And he's going to just literally run at the Joker. He's going to pop both of his shoulders while he's sitting there because he didn't know that he was going to come at him again. He thought the, the explosion was going to be enough to rock him. Through the smoke, he comes running, says his line, shoulder shot, arm shot, making him so he can't defend himself anymore. But none of these are critical shots. They're all just enough to make it so he can no longer defend himself. No. I think the explosive round ended him. You think that was going to be what sets him to, to the point of no return where you can finish him off? No, I think if anything, when the explosive blast hit, it knocked him back. And you said that earlier, Ocelot broke the table. So he just, he landed backwards onto the broken table and impaled. Okay. So yeah. he's, he's essentially defenseless on the ground. All right. Yeah. I got what you're saying. Okay. And then, of course, the Joker would just call his henchmen over and grab Ocelot, and it is an insane asylum, put him in a straitjacket, and lock him in a cell. We'll decide to do with you later. Okay. All right. That seems like a good place to find out who is going to finish who off. Ocelot has incapacitated the Joker, and as he's walking to the body of the Joker, still alive, but very much in pain. Clearly, he's not doing too great. He's been shot several times, multiple times in both arms and his foot. <sighs> what a poor bastard. And then a blue light, as Ocelot's walking towards the Joker, portals in, ironically, the portal gun. Mm. And for anyone who knows what the portal gun can do, it's essentially a portal gun. You shoot one spot, and then you shoot another spot, and portal. If you can't figure that out, I'm sorry. Please use Google. Yes. It's, it's a traversal weapon that makes things go from one place to the other. We spoke about the portal gear. We did. Anyways, the portal gun is now in Ocelot's left hand while his single action army is in his right hand. And he thinks, oh, this could be a lot of fun. He shoots a portal above Joker's head, and then he shoots one directly below the Joker causing Joker to fall in an infinite loop. <laughs> Much akin to Loki in Ragnarok? Ragnarok, yes. When Strange opens a portal for him, I have been falling for 30 minutes! Yes, yep. that's exactly what Joker is doing right now, except as the falling is happening, all you hear is, yes, the loop is happening, Joker is just falling through infinity, and he starts to notice that Ocelot's aiming directly into his infinite loop of falling with his single action. And he's playing this sick version of Russian roulette with him where he's trying to hit him as he's falling through the portal. And each time he falls, he hits a different spot because Joker started to recognize him and he's getting wriggly. But each shot, unfortunately, will hit the Joker one through six until the very last shot as he's essentially a crumbled mess does in fact say you've made your last joke laughing man and then poof right in the head and the joker is joker no more so all of you fans out there of the joker 
I have to tell you the unfortunate comparison of the results. Hasselot won 861 out of the 1,000 battles. King wiped the floor. I really had hoped this was going to be closer. I tried. Me too. I, I am sorry. This is not how I intended on these fights to go. It is not intentional that it just happens that these characters are ridiculously overpowered in some cases. <laughs> We're going to try to do better with balancing going forward. We're going to try. No promises because video game characters are pretty wonky. Balance is yeah, hard to find. Yeah, it's hard to find a balance between characters, especially when each game can have its own variation of what's powerful and what's not and mechanics so, are hard yeah and so we we do our best to try and make things as close as possible while staying thematically similar yes um so and we like, also don't example, want we don't want to use joker statistics from the films because they wouldn't be the same as the games yeah and that we're also not doing films yes precisely but now we're here to talk about a different part of this let's hack the game with cortex here real quick here Okay, gentlemen, let's hack the game. How do you think these two characters would fare in each other's games? And do you think they would be a good team in either game? All right, so do you think Ocelot would fit well in a Arkham game? And do you think Joker would fit well in a Metal Gear Solid game? Dean? I think we've already figured out that he would be extremely overpowered in the Arkham games. <laughs> um, I think we've learned that already and as for joker being in a metal gear game i'm just gonna go guessing because i've never played one but i feel like the joker's tricks would make for a good challenge for solid snake because he can puzzle and do good job tricking batman and batman's no chum he's like the greatest detective of all time and yeah and I feel like it would make for a good challenge for Solid Snake. Yeah. But as an actual adversary, like in a fight, probably not. Yeah. Ultimately, no. I, I, one of the big things that is a factor is the fact that Ocelot is a master physical hand-to-hand -hand combatant. Yeah. Uh, Joker's Joker's not. Joker's not. <laughs> He's a master of chaos, for sure. Yeah. Chaos and trickery. For sure. But... What about putting them together in a game? I feel like that'd be an interesting duo. They both use revolvers. Yes. So it could be the revolver duo or something. Um, revolver also a lot and revolver joker. Um, revolver jokes a lot. There you go. It's, it's just uh, a spoof game. No, it's just uh, somebody modded uh, Metal Gear to replace Ocelot's character model with the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> and it just looks like the Joker from uh, the Zack Snyder Justice League at the end, because he's got the long hair. And uh, let's see. Uh, what are we doing next week? Oh, oh, next week's a fun one, guys. Next week's a fun one. Next week is a crossover event. A spectacle. We are running Erdnot Rex versus Nemesis. Rex's Mass Effect. Mass Effect and Resident, Resident Evil 3. Stars. That's, yeah, that's definitely going to be a interesting fight. Two large and in charge behemoths. Yeah. Yes. I also do not know shit about Erdnot Rex. 
Yeah, Mass Effect is one of those games that's been in my catalog for a while. I've actually owned the limited edition Steelbook large tin thing since, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Still haven't played it. I digress. Yeah, a monster fight next week of two Bahamoths, and I'm hoping as much less of a one-sided fight. We actually don't have our sides picked for this one because neither of us have really a, a specific bias. I really Resident Evil, but I'm not opposed to checking out or not Rex and checking him out because he looks pretty cool. So you guys will find out who's going to be repping who next week, and we are going to talk to you guys then. Until then, though, remember not to buy a console when it comes out at first. And remember, if you're gaming on PC, make sure your HDMI cord is plugged into your graphics card, not your motherboard. On that note, later, gamers. Bye, Felicia. This show is part of the Dynamite Podcast Network, hosted by the dynamic duel Marvel vs. DC Podcast. Also on the network is Max Destruction, Action Character Battles, and Senjo World, Anime Character Battles. Be sure to check them out.